give you the praise. We give you the honor, Jesus. There's nobody like you. There's none beside you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. I hope everybody had a very, very merry Christmas. And uh, I'm glad to see everybody back in the house of the Lord after traveling and a lot of things. Tis the season. Hallelujah. And uh, we'll be giving more announcements later, but I'm going to keep putting this plug in. Let's not forget tomorrow night. I know it's a Monday, uh, but tomorrow night we're going to be having service here at 7 o'clock starting at 6.30 for prayer, and it's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, my pastor, Bishop Rick Mayo, will be preaching, and you don't want to miss that. So if, even if you're visiting with us here today, we want you to join us. And then uh, also remember, there's going to be a potluck afterwards, so uh, bring your best. It's going to be cold, so if you want to make soup, just Bring enough to share with everybody. If all you got is top ramen, we'll take it. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Um, I'm excited to kind of finish this out with this year. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the gift of growing up. And I'm going to finish that here today uh, for now. We might come back to it another, another time. There's a lot to be talked about here. Uh, but I'm excited about this one. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. The Bible says this. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I thought as a child. And I want to talk about having a mature mindset. Having a mature mindset. Why don't you set your Bibles down, let's lift up our hands and let's pray one more time. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Help me to teach your word. God, but help us to receive your word. We're going to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand and you may be seated. Having a mature mindset. This might be news for some of us here today, but God created mankind with a brain. I know all the ladies are wondering about that one. We do have brains, I promise you. Unlike animals, mankind is a creator of questions, a creator of ideas. We are, we are thinkers. Well, some of us are, but we try to be. We, we ponder things. We like to wonder about things. We aren't like animals. We don't live by instinct and routine. And we, we, are, we are more than just a one-dimensional creature. We've got, we've got life that happens around us, but there's also another world happening on the inside of us. And, uh, and, and I might say one thing to you, but I might be thinking five other things up in, in this brain. Be thankful for what comes out. Hallelujah. Uh, because sometimes we've got another world going on up in here. And uh, some people let the world on here come out here, and that's not always the best thing. Amen. But uh, our pre-fallen mind allowed Adam to name all of the animals. He was a brilliant man. And for people that think, well, uh, we were never smart. Well, we were. Maybe not now, but we were at one point very brilliant. Named all of the animals. 
this brain that God gave us, it enabled a clear communication between God and man. He was, he was not fallen. There was no issues. There was no, uh, there was no degrading of the man. Uh, he was able to walk with God in the cool of the day in the garden. God gave him a mind in which he could communicate with man in a way that man would be able to understand. Amen. God gave man that mind, and that mind was used to communicate with God. And I don't want to get off ahead of myself, but I want to tell you, the reason that God gave us a brain and the reason God gave us a mind is so we can communicate with him. Everything that we do is, is to have communion. It is to be in fellowship with the Almighty God. You might remember that there was a tree in the midst of the garden, and God told man not to consume this, because ultimately it would lead to his death. But I want to remind you what this tree was. It was not an evil tree. A lot of people get it messed up. They ate of the evil tree. It was not an evil tree. It was God's tree. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what made it wrong for Adam and Eve was not that something was evil or something itself was wrong. It was not the object. It was the fact that God said don't. It was God's word and God's laws. Now, here's the deal. God could have one day said, okay, now's the time. You have, you've gotten to a level, and now you can have it. But as of right now, God put a prohibition and said no. And mankind reached out and took it. And ultimately, it was mankind that disobeyed God's word because they were in search of foreign knowledge. There was a desire. There was a craving for information. And this act of disobedience changed the way that mankind thought. Before our fall, mankind was solely worried about being in the garden with God. We were, we were consumed with having communication with God, with walking with God, and just taking care of what God put mankind in the garden for. But the very first thing that we notice is Adam and Eve have a, an understanding that they are now naked, and the Bible says, and they are ashamed. In other words, their mindset went from naming all the animals, talking with God, communing about things that are not temporal, but things that are eternal. And now their mindset is on the physical. It's on the temporal. It's on the here and now. It is part of the fall to be so consumed with what's going on around us. And now all they can think about is themselves. It is a fallen mind that only thinks of themselves. Amen. We didn't have... Before the fall, we, we, we had time to think of much more superior things, but now we are focused to look for food, to forage, to go through our lives looking for our next morsel of bread, the next piece of clothing that we can put on, things that we can try to cover up our mistakes and cover up our sin and cover up our shame because mankind's mind was infected by sin. Romans 1 and 28. This is the end result of the fall of man. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, you can read the context later, but you will find that there is a people that as mankind has fallen, we never stopped falling. We just kept going down and we went from what God originally intended us to be and designed us to be 
we were to be in relationship with him and sin always it always makes a void and there's always a gap and there's always something that hinders us from getting to him don't ever feel like you can go out and sin and do whatever you want and get closer to god well i'm i'm just gonna leave church and i'm gonna get close to god and talk with god doesn't work like that you can't have god without god's people that's another story for another time hallelujah but there's people that say, well, I can live the way I want to live and do what I want to do, and I'll get closer to God. No, you're actually going to get further away. I've never seen people that don't come to church become prayer warriors. I've never seen people that, that don't fellowship with their brothers or sister pray for their brothers. It doesn't work. There's something about this. We've got to be connected. Amen. And, and here we find that they worship the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, the Bible says. They start making molten images out of out of out of beasts and creeping thing and, and they start worshiping this earth and, and and what's what's happened mankind allowed some knowledge god said not to have into their mind and now the bible says they did not retain god in their knowledge in other words they started consuming all of these other things and putting it in their mind and the knowledge of god began fading away and the bible says god gave them over to a reprobate mind you've got to protect your mind You've got to guard your mind. You've got to guard your knowledge and your revelation of who God is. Amen. The world began to get worse and worse, and it all started in the mind. If your life's getting worse, if everything going around you is getting worse, you might want to check your mind. You might want to start at the very beginning. Amen. If you don't want your your mind, if you don't use your mind right, you will become a reprobate. And, and, and ultimately, you will start saying what is evil is good and what is good is evil. People, they, they do that. Let me just give somebody a tip on how to backslide properly. Okay? Let me give you a tip. I know this is unorthodox, but I like being that way. If you're going to backslide, leave church, leave God, let me show you how to do it right. Don't ever talk against God. Don't ever talk against the church. Don't ever talk against the, the ministry, whether it's myself or anybody else. Don't talk against your brother. Don't call people that are good evil. Because if not, you'll, get, you'll be given over to a reprobate mind. And you'll, you'll never find your way home. If the prodigal son would have ever said, my dad's evil and just kept it that way. Now, he left saying, uh, give me my inheritance, which is the same way of saying, you don't get an inheritance until somebody's dead. You're as good as dead to me. That's what he told his father. Give me what's owed to me when you die because I don't want you around. And he walked out of father's house. But I'm going to tell you right now, he was able to find his way back to father's house because he knew I'm not going to say that what I've got in the pig pen is better than what I had at father's house. I'm not going to turn the truth of God into a lie. What I had in church was better than what I got right now. I might be off sinning. I might be off doing my own thing. But what I had when I was living for God was much better. The relationship I had with my brother was much better than the people I have at the bar. Amen. You don't ever want to lose your mind because there's no guarantee you'll ever get it back. This world is falling into insanity. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 7 and 23. Our mind is fallen. Our mind is spiritually immature. And there are dangers of a fallen mindset. Romans 7 and 23, Paul is speaking. 
one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I love how he goes back and forth. The good that I would do, I do not. The evil that I would not do, that I do. A wretched man that I am. He goes down this back and forth. I want to do good, but I do evil. It's present with me. And, and it's this battle, and you find it all the way through. Um, and he's talking about the battle with the flesh. And, and we're all in that battle. But Romans seven twenty three, he says this, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity into the law of sin which is in my members. He's saying there's this knowledge that I should do right, but in my flesh I, I keep doing wrong. And there's, this, there's almost like there's two minds at work here. There's the spiritual mind and Romans 8 and 7. There's the carnal mind. The Bible says Romans 8 and 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God or the enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The carnal mind is at war with the spiritual. And when the devil starts working, where do you think he's going to work first? He's going to work in your mind. He's going to try to get you off track right here. He wants you to get messed up in your thinking, in your thought process. Hallelujah. And, 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 and ultimately, if he, can get, if he can get the church to think wrong, he can get the church to do wrong. He can get the church to go the wrong place in the wrong direction. If he can get a saint of God off in their mind, he's going to be able to get them off in their life as well. And it's going to be a fight, and there's going to be a battle, and there's going to be a war. And that war, amen, you might think you're fighting against your brother, and you might, fight, you might think that you're fighting against your sister, or you're fighting against the church, or... The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and rulers of darkness and spiritual weakness in high places. And where do you think that battle is? Right here. It's right here. It's between your ears. The battle is going to be between your ears. And there's some people, they, the reason that people walk out of church and the, people, the reason people backslide and they, they leave God is not because of all these external things. It started right here. They started thinking, this is too hard. They started, somehow the devil convinced them. See, it all started with a conversation from a serpent. And, 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 and what was said, a prohibition, don't touch, don't go, don't eat, don't do any of this. All of a sudden now, with one conversation, he got in the mind of Eve. And she started seeing things as desirable that should have never been desirable. Things that are going to kill you should never be desirable. But the devil will get you in your brain and tell you, no, no, it's no problem. There's, it's not wrong. It's okay. And what is he doing? He's trying to get a hold of your mind. Because if he gets a hold of your mind and gets the reins of your mind, he can cause you to do not make you do something. But if he gets a hold of your mind, he'll make you think this is the right way to go and the right thing to do. And you yourself will make the decision to go out and do this, that, and the other. The carnal mind is the enemy of God. If you ever feel like, well, I don't like this about God. I don't like this about the church. Well, you might want to check your mind. You might want to read your Bible. Well, I don't feel like reading my Bible. Carnal mind. Carnal mind. And it's the enemy of God. It wants to fight your relationship with God. It likes being in its fallen condition. Amen. Philippians 3 and 18. This is, this is, this is a subject we probably don't have time to go through all the way here today we've got we'll go back into the mind in, in the future but i want to go through this for for the sake of of this year amen philippians 3 and 18 paul is speaking for many walk of whom i have told you often and now tell you weeping i'm gonna tell you as as a preacher i weep over people that walk out of god i walk out of the church and walk out on god i really do it, it, it grieves me 
I've had friends through the years that have walked out, and, and I, I tell you, as Paul said, I tell you now in my spirit, weeping. And they are enemies of the cross of Christ. People that, that, that at one point received the blood and the redemption of Jesus Christ from his cross have now become enemies of that cross. The Bible says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their bellies. In other words, they're only looking to consume. Whose glory is in their shame. They glory in the things that they know are wrong met a few people like that, who mind earthly things. Their mind got attached to down here. That's why the Bible says, Demoth, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Because he got an earthly mind. And you got to be careful of this carnal earthly mind. you got to be careful that you don't become an earthly-minded individual, an earthly-minded saint. Uh, people like that can't see past today. All they see is this present world. But I've come to tell somebody, we're not living for this present world. We're living for the world that is to come. I'm going to tell you, I'm not living for 75 to 120 years here on this earth. I, that's just a blip on the map of eternity. And there's going to come a day where we're going to live forever with him in glory. And I'm not living today for today. I'm living today for tomorrow, for eternity. Somebody praise him. The immature mindset is I think of the temporal and not the eternal. I think about uh, what what the Bible says Jesus later speaking, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, uh, they talking about what they're going to wear, what they're going to drive, what they're going to work at, what they're going to do. All they're consumed with is the here and now and what's going on. Ultimately, it's a carnal mindset. And it, be, it makes you become an enemy of the cross of Christ because the end result of the cross of Christ is eternity. It is the eternal, not the temporal. And if all we think about is the here and now, we get wrapped up on this, this side of glory. We ultimately become the enemies of the cross of Christ. I don't come to church uh, because I am just... It's just I don't have anything better to do. Listen, there's a lot of things in this world that are temporal that we could probably do, and we could take Sunday off and go do them, and we could miss out on prayer. We could not read our Bible. We've got a lot of things temporal. But the reason I put the spiritual things ahead is because I realize that that's what's more important. My mindset has got to be mature. It's not a, a, a immature mindset. It's not a carnal mindset. It's not a temporal mindset. It's not an earthly mindset. It says that there's going to come a day where he's going to split the, the clouds, and I've got to be ready. I've got to be ready, and I've got to have my lamps trimmed. I've got I've to have everything in its proper place, in its proper alignment. Amen. Titus 1 and 15. So you've got to be care careful of not being carnal-minded. That's the immature mind. That's the fallen mind. Don't be earthly minded. Just focus on the temporal. But we also got to watch out for this one. This one will creep into the church, and we've got to watch out for it. Under the pure, all things are pure. But under them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Let me tell somebody, you've got to be careful of a defiled mind. You've got to be real careful of gaining a defiled mind. People become so defiled that they can't see purity anymore in anything. To the pure, all things are pure. That's why we've got to have God renew our mind. We've got to have God touch our mind because you can get jaded. You can get, you can get to a point where you think 
nobody in the church loves me. Nobody in the church cares for me. You get it? Nobody's living right because some people, they become, they get a defiled mind because their life is defiled. They don't live right, so subsequently they think nobody does. To a thief, everybody's a thief. To a liar, everybody's a liar. It's a defiled mind. And, and they start thinking nobody's pure, nobody's righteous, nobody's doing this right, nobody's, and they go down this list, but it is a slippery slope. Uh, they start thinking that everybody is plotting something against me. Again, it becomes focused on themselves. Everybody's everybody's sinning. They're probably hiding something. They've got ulterior motives. Everybody is against me. You've got a defiled mind. And that is a dangerous and an immature mindset to have. It's a fallen mind. Amen. Luke 12 and 29. I promise we'll get more positive before this is over. Hallelujah. Not saying anybody here has any of these mindsets, but these are these are the immature mindsets. And we're talking about growing up. And, and, and kids have these kind of mindsets. Nobody likes me. I guess I'll go eat worms or whatever that phrase used to be. Everybody hates me. You know, I, it's a defiled mindset. Nobody likes the way, I, the way I am. Well, have you asked everybody? That's, that's, like, that's like the woman that's, that's uh, been through a few divorces and says, all men are, are dogs. Have you talked to every man? You know, every man, you know, don't give up on people. Not everybody's defiled. Not everybody's got problems. Well, I've been jaded and I've been hurt. And you got to be careful. Hey, when we're hurt, we got we got these pains and, and, and people just prod them. And then we, we better, we think it's better off to cut everybody off. And say, well, I just won't talk to anybody because the last time I talked to somebody, they offended me. And everybody's going to offend me. You've got a defiled mind. Hallelujah. I could go on that for a long time. We won't. Luke 12 and 29. And seek not ye what you shall eat, what you shall drink, neither be you of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knoweth what things you have need of, that you have need of. I'm sorry, your father knoweth that you have need of these things. In other words, when you are temporal minded, earthly minded, you start being like the nations of the world. You start being like the world. You're just focused on going from paycheck to paycheck. You're just trying to make it through the week. That's no life to be lived. Don't live that way. And it starts with a mindset. You can go into work saying, man, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. I'm going to go into work and I'm excited. I might be able to witness to somebody today. Don't have the kind of mindset that says, well, I'm just trying to put in my, my 40 years and then I'm going to get out of here. Don't, don't go to work like you're going to prison. It's not a prison sentence. Amen. If if you don't like what you do, go do something else until you like it. Amen. But but, but at the end of the day, you can't be so focused on just going paycheck to paycheck and week to week uh, where you're only worried about the here and now. And you are, of the Bible says, of a doubtful mind. You're so worried about whether you're going to pay the bills. And, and God is saying, don't worry about any of that. You're my child. Don't be like the nations of the world. They don't have a God to pray to. They're, they're looking forward to the sports game on Sunday, but you're going to come to church on Sunday, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to touch you. I'm going to turn things around, and you might have walked in worried and doubtful, but you're going to walk out full of faith, a faith the world doesn't understand, a faith the world doesn't have. So he's saying don't be of a doubtful mind because your Father in heaven already knows what you have need of. He's already watching 
God is already looking out with your best interests in mind. The Bible is letting us know to not have a doubtful mind, but to have a faith-driven and trusting mind. Uh, I know that other people might have let you down, but don't let that defile your mind. God will never let you down. God is faithful. God is just. We've got to trust him. We've got to, we've got to have faith in him and know that God is taking care of my yesterday and God will take care of my today and God will take care of my tomorrow. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14, 36 through 38. Now I contemplated taking this one out, but I just liked it too much. 1 Corinthians 14, 36 through 38. I like how he words this. What? Came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or a spiritual man, if you will, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Go to go to Galatians 6 and 3. I was going to take that one out, but I really liked it. This goes with this verse right here. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. First verse, let me just put it to you in a few words. Beware of parking lot prophets. Yeah, their mindset is self-deceived. Amen. The Bible talks about if you think yourself to be something when you are nothing. You deceive yourself. There are people that think themselves to be prophets. They think themselves to be this, that, or the other. And ultimately, you are not deceiving anybody else. You are deceiving yourself. The Bible is saying, live it. Live it. Don't just think it in your mind that you are, that, that's an immature mindset that just wants to live in a fantasy world that says, I'm something great. But they've never done anything even mediocre let alone great. They have this grandiose view of themselves. I'm anointed. I'm greatly called. And I believe there's people that are anointed and called. But if you've never done anything, you might want to check your own self-deception. You might want to check your mind and say, Lord, am I thinking about this right? I think I'm this great and grandiose person. And they're the kind of people that always want to give everybody else a word. I got a word for you, brother. You've met a few of those people. Just as long as you ain't one of those people, we'll be all right. But but I've met them. They like to meet people. They're the first ones to go meet the new convert. Okay, I got to talk. I got to tell a story. Why not? I just got saved. I walked in the church. I've been there maybe one week. I had barely came. I, they put me in the middle row. They set me there, and they, of course, they blocked me off. Very smart people. You're going to bring a visitor. Put them in the middle row. Block them off. They can't get to the exits. Everybody starts running, jumping, shouting, going crazy, and I'm just thinking, this is crazy. Well, you go a couple weeks down the road, and now I'm finally radical got me to the altar. They got me to the altar. Listen, if we get you to the altar, we're going to get you. And I am telling you, I'm praying real hard. Praying real hard with my eyes closed, mouth shut, not really doing anything. But I, I just kind of say a couple words. I don't really know. You know, I probably threw a couple cuss words in there. I don't know. I don't really know how to talk to God. I'm just trying my best. I'm at the altar, and, and I'm, I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, I get this thump on my head. The Bible does say don't lay hands on any man suddenly, uh, especially from the hood. You're going to get knocked out. I've had a few people. I've had knocked them out. If you come and brush me on the shoulder real quick, I might hit you. And it's no offense. I'm just saying it is what it is. 
told my wife when we first got married, don't shake me awake. I will come up swinging. I promise you. I, I've done it before. I'll do it again. Uh, that's the past. Hallelujah. But, but anyways, I, 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 I'm there, and I'm trying real hard to talk to God. And this lady just laid her hand as hard on me and started prophesying. When a new convert knows you're prophesying, you are, you are deceiving yourself. I didn't know who it was. I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. I'd had people pray for me before, and it never it never rubbed me wrong. I'm a new convert. I, I don't have anything right. I'm not wearing a tie. I don't have a suit. I, I, I just got all sorts of problems and messed up. But this, this, this prophet liar laid her hands on my head, and I opened my eyes and said, get your hand off my head. Get your hand off my head. I'm talking, trying to talk to God. And I've never done that before. And I say that story to tell you that person was deceiving themselves. They thought they were something. They thought, and they did this, and I saw it through the years, and they're still, they're still doing it. Hallelujah. They go up to the new converts, and they try to say, this person, you need to come to me for spiritual advice. And they're never trying to teach Bible studies. They're never trying to win anybody. They're trying to subvert people. Don't deceive yourself. If you're something, your fruit will show. An immature mindset says, I just want to think great of myself. A mature mindset says, I sure hope that other people think that, I'm, that I've actually done something. My works will show for themselves. I don't, I don't have any grandiose views of myself. If you all think I'm dumb, it's great. Probably on the same level as you think I am. But I'd rather be down here and think of myself on this very plain level than to think I am the Apostle Paul and I walk on water like Peter. And there's some folks that come to church and they have that immature mindset. The truth is you got a carnal mind, a self-deceived mind, and God's saying you got to grow up. you got to grow up. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray for just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're going to help us, Lord. We're, we're growing, God. We're growing. We're growing. We're growing. We're growing. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll just say this. I, I am dumb, but I'm not stupid. If you are not living it, please, please don't act like you are. Yeah, don't try to make everybody think you're the spiritual one. Because you're deceiving yourself. You're not deceiving anybody else. Everybody else sees it. You'd be better off to just come to the altar and say, God, forgive me. God, help me. Be real. Don't deceive your mind because you'll become a reprobate. And you don't want that. Hallelujah. First uh, Peter 4 and 12. We could have talked about that all day, but we won't. Hallelujah. Don't be a prophet liar, parking lot prophet. Amen. God bless you. Amen. First Peter 4 and 12. Beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. An immature mindset says, God must hate me. God's against me. God's mad at me. And they go through something. They think God is trying to hurt me. But a mature mindset says, uh, well, Actually, God's still working on me. And I'm not going to despise this trial. I'm going to thank God for this trial. I'm going to have a mindset that when I go into a trial, when I go into a test, it's God trying to purify me. It's God trying to work on me. 
It's not time to backslide. It's not time, amen, to stop praying. It's time to start praying. God's trying to work on me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this for those that, that are the prophet liar. We're on this subject. The parking lot prophet. The Bible says after this, says, don't suffer as an evildoer. If you go to jail for punching your wife, you are not going through a trial. You're going to jail because of domestic violence. Now, we don't have anybody like that, thank God. Hopefully not. Hallelujah. If you speed and you get a ticket, God is not giving you a trial. Stop speeding and follow the laws. Now, go five over. That's all right. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Hallelujah. But, but you've got to make sure if you're really going through a trial and you've been living right, thank God for it. Thank God for it. Have the right mindset. Have a mature mindset that says God sees enough in me that God wants to work some things out in me. He sees enough gold in me. He's got to purify me. He sees enough glitter and enough glitz and enough good things in there. He wants to extract it. He wants to pull it out. And I'm going to thank God another, another fiery trial. Not a mediocre one, not a lukewarm one. I'm going through another hot one, but that means God's trying to extract the very best from me. Amen. Proverbs 23 and 7. So those are immature mindsets. Let's move forward from here. Now we've got to talk about God redeeming our mind and through his spirit helping our mind to mature. Proverbs 23 and 7. I'm going to read half the verse. We can keep going. There is context here, but I think the Bible is, 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 is giving us a little wisdom here. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, this verse has been used in many self-help books, and it has been uh, taken way, way out of proportions. They'll say uh, that all you have to do is think of being a millionaire, and you will just become one. And, and they'll say... They'll say all these crazy things that if you just think that you're going to be famous, one day you're going to be famous, and that is a lie. That is not true. That is not in the Bible. That is not what this is saying. I do not agree that you can just think yourself to be a millionaire. It is There is the power of positive thinking. All of a sudden you're just going to wake up one day and there's going to be a million dollars on your doorstep. Unless you robbed a bank, that's not going to happen. Hallelujah. Uh, because, because ultimately what it's saying here is not thinking in the standpoint of just Oh, think one day it's going to happen and, and, and dream about it and, and have these, these imaginations. I'm going to be a millionaire one day. I'm be, these are self-deluded people. These are self-deceived people. Uh, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this, and one day I'm going to do this, and one day I'm going to. Uh, if you always live like the one-day person, you'll never be. One, I got great ideas. Ideas mean nothing if they stay in your brain. What he's saying is, as a man thinketh in his heart, we know the heart is not just talking about the thing that pumps uh, blood through your, your organs, but it is letting us know that it is, it is something that happens up here in your brain. You are thinking, and what it is letting us know is that your mindset can determine your destination. If you're always thinking that you're going to be, you're, you're always thinking of yourself as poor and destitute and, and, and so on and so forth. You're always thinking of yourself as being messed up and you're always, I'm just, this is how I am and you think of yourself in such a negative light. You'll never strive for more. That's what that's saying. Now, if you think God's got greater plans for me, God's got a greater purpose for me, 
If you think, okay, Lord, what can I do to become a millionaire? Okay, that's another story. We can talk about that. You can begin to think and think positively in the sense of, of now you're not thinking so negatively about yourself. You start thinking, Lord, what is my next step in ministry? What is my next step in life? And you start actually thinking and breaking it down at that point as a man thinks in his heart. So is he. If you're always thinking so immature about yourself, and you think lower of yourself than God thinks about you, you'll never become anything. Because you are trapped in your own mind. You can be deceived thinking you're something great, but I want to tell you there's another trap, thinking you're nothing. Thinking you're nothing. Well, God could never use me. God could never love me. Nothing's ever going to work in my life. I'm, hey, if I'd have stayed in that mindset, I'd still be in the hood. You've got, there are mindsets you've got to throw away. When God calls you redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When God calls you forgiven, the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. you got to start thinking of yourself in a better light because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There's something that comes up that says, You know what? I, I might have made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. you got to change the way you think. Somebody lift up your hands. God, help me to mature my mindset about you, about myself, about others. God, touch my mind. Touch my mind. i got to have my mindset right. My mindset about life. My mindset because I want I want to achieve things. I, I want to move forward. I want to get somewhere. I want to become. You will become the end result of what you think about all the time. You're thinking about the future. And guess what? You're going to start making steps towards that future. If you're always focused on your past, you're going to stay there. What I was, what I did, who I was with, you're never going to progress beyond that. Okay, hallelujah. Let's move forward. Mark 5 and 15. We've just got a few more minutes, and we'll, we'll be moving through here. The Bible says, and they came to Je they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, we understand this, that he was in his right mind, which lets us know that when he was possessed, when he was in the world, he was chaotic mind. He had a chaotic mind. He was insane. And there is a spirit of insanity in this world that has been unleashed. It has absolutely gone bonkers. There's people walking into churches with guns. It happened right over here in Fallon a little while ago. Read about it. There's, there people are going. They're losing their minds. There's, there's all sorts of drugs out there. People are just, they're frying their brains. They're going insane. They're, there's people that were college educated wandering the streets now because their brains are fried on, on LSD and all sorts of other things. And it's, it's absolute insanity. But I want to tell you, when Jesus gets a hold of you, I don't care if you think, don't, don't ever say, well, I'm crazy. No, you're not. No, you're not. Amen. If you need a counselor, go find you a certified counselor. Do what you need to do. Amen. We'll pray for you and all that good stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, when, you, when Jesus gets a hold of you, you will be sitting clothed and in your right mind. When Jesus gets done with you, he'll fix the first thing he'll fix is your brain, uh, and he'll get you to think right. Uh, he'll get you to, come on, somebody. Uh, he's saying, I'm going to lay hands on your head, and I'm going to fix the way you've been thinking. And 
You ain't going to be insane no more. You're going to be in your right mind. Oh, somebody praise him. Man, before I came to God, I was suicidal. I put a knife to my wrist to commit suicide. But when I got the Holy Ghost, depression left. You do not have to live with depression. Hey, you do not have to live with depression. You do not have to live with suicidal thoughts. Well, I'm a Christian who's depressed. I'm telling you right now, what you need is Jesus to lay his hands on you again. Come on. Come on, if all you do is mope around and cry and, and everybody hates me, nobody loves me, you need God to get you in your right mind. You need God to lay his hand on your head and say, come up out of it. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Jesus' name. Romans 12 and 2. This is the answer to our fallen mind. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians 4 and 23. The Bible says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The answer to a fallen mindset, to an immature Christian mindset, to a mind that has been given over to all sorts of things, to a negative mind, whatever you want to put in there, whatever mindset you know is not of God, a doubtful mind, a fearful mind, so on and so forth, a paranoid mind, a depressed mind. You go and you find it, the answer is that God is wanting to transform your mind. God is wanting to renew your mind. God is wanting to amen, absolutely change the way that you think about things. Matthew 12, 22 and 37. Amen. Once we've got through that, and I believe many of us have, God's been working on our minds. Okay, we've come from the world. We've, we're, not, we're not conformed to the world. We're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now we're proving what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. We're in that position. Let me talk about some mature mindsets that as the church of the living God, we need to have. Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. If there's one thing we need in the church, we need a mind, a mindset that loves God with all of our mind. That means everything. I, I don't want one thought to pass. Now, there's things that come in my head, but, but that doesn't mean they stay there. Amen. But I don't want something to stay in my brain that is not loving God. I don't want something to reside in my brain that is not worshiping and pleasing God because I want to love God with all of my mind. Amen. 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy 1 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In the church of the living God, we have got to have a sound mind. We've got to have a sound mind. We, God wants, listen, God wants spiritual fruits, not, not religious nuts. Hallelujah. We've got to have a sound mind, and that sound mind is not paranoid. That sound mind is not fearful. That sound mind is not worrisome. The Bible says, the Bible says don't, don't worry about anything but everything with prayer and supplication. Make your request known unto God. Uh, the Bible is very replete to let us know, don't worry about everything. 
Don't let your mind be troubled and, and think about everything going on. And, and, and listen, you, you go and you read the news, you'll see all sorts of crazy things, and you'll want to lose your mind because the world's losing theirs. But you've got to have a sound mind. And God has not given you a spirit of fear. Don't be fearful of what's going on in the world. Because the church is going up. The world might be going down, but the church is going up. Hallelujah. First Peter 1 and 13. In order to have that sound mind, the Bible says this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If there's anything the church needs in this hour, it is a protected mind. You've got to guard your mind. You've got to, that's why I don't watch certain things. Just, I just don't. Whether it's on a TV screen, at a movie theater, or on my phone, I don't watch it. I'm guarding my mind. Because there's a whole world out there that's trying to tell me that men are women, women are men. And all sorts of insanity. It's nuts. They're losing their sound mind. And the Bible says to gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, you've got to protect it. You've got to protect your mind. If, if there's ever been an hour for the church to protect its mind, it's now. It's when you can hop on your phone. You can get on Instagram, Facebook, and see all sorts of randomness. Listen, we can't get rid of technology. It doesn't happen. It's going to get more and more and more because the information is going to increase until the end of time. But what we can do is guard our mind. We can guard our eyes. We can guard our ears. We Come on, somebody. We can guard our mind and say, you know what? That might be out in the world, but it's not going to get in here. Second Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. If there's anything the church needs, it is a mind of unity. The world is discombobulated. The world is, they are absolutely separated from one another. This group hates that group. That's why the Bible talks about the end times, that nation shall rise against nation. That actually, that word is ethnos, ethnicity. Ethnicity shall rise against ethnicity. That's the beautiful thing about the church. We don't have that issue. You can speak whatever language you, you come in here speaking. You can be any color, any background. Doesn't matter what it is. I wish I'd get a few more amens on that. We ain't building a racist church. We're building God's church. Amen. We're going to be unified. We're going to come together. Every language, every tribe, every nation. Amen. If God will bless it, we'll have every language that's in this world, in this church. If God will allow them to live here, we'll make it happen. We'll have as many services and as many languages as we got to have because we're going to have one mind unified body. We're not going to be like the world that's always against one another. Amen. I'm going to preach on unity until unity Jesus comes back. Nehemiah 4 and 6. The reason we need a mind of unity, the Bible says this, so we built, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. You can't work together if you're not unified together. And if there's ever been a moment for the church to work together, it's now. Jesus could come back any moment, and I would hate to see anybody in this city lost. And the church has got to work at it. We all have to work at it. We've got to have that mindset that says, you know what? I'm going to work. An immature mindset says, I'll let everybody else do the work. But a mature mindset says, where's my hammer? Where's my shovel? Where's my, 
Where's my flyer? Where's the door I can knock? Where's the kid I can bust into church? Where's the Bible study I can teach? We've got to have a mindset that says we're together and we're going to reach this world. We're going to work on it. Oh, somebody praise him. Col- uh, Acts 17, 11. Only got a couple more for us here today. These are the mindsets we need to have. These are mature mindsets. It's not easy. To say it's easy to be unified with your brother that you, you don't always agree with, it's not. But you're, you, for the sake of unity, you're in one mind. It's not always easy to work, but I got a mind that says I'm going to work. Amen. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. We've got to have a ready mind. Amen. Whatever you have for me, God, I'm ready for it. Whatever you have for the church, God, I'm ready for it. I'm waiting for it. There's some people they don't like. Amen. They're not ready for God to come in and change things. They're not ready for God to move. And they and then they get bitter that God hasn't moved. God's waiting for somebody to have a ready mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen out there. Amen. Amen. We gotta have a ready mind. Amen. Colossians 3 and 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. If there's a mindset we need, it's a Christian mindset. It's a, it's a humble mindset. It's, it's a selfless mindset. It is a mindset that says, I'm going to forgive my brother. I'm going to forgive my sister. I'm going to be patient with people that don't really deserve my patience. Can I preach to somebody? I'm, I'm not going to quarrel with anybody else. I'm not here to get in a fight with anybody. I'm going to have a Christian mindset, and that Christian mindset is all wrapped up in one word, charity, which the Bible lets us know we can translate that down to love. I'm going to have a love, loving mindset. Philippians 2 and 2. Amen. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one, in, of one accord, of one mind, about that. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not Robert to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, we don't have time to get into everything here today, but I want to tell you, if there's a mind we have to have, it's the mind of Christ. We've got to have the mind of Christ. And and there's an old phrase we always joke about, is what would Jesus do? Well, I don't think that's all that stupid. We need to start having that kind of mindset. What would God think about this? A lot of less trouble we'd get into. We get ourselves in a lot less binds. What would Jesus do in this moment? 
What would Jesus do for this person that doesn't deserve forgiveness? He'd die for them. He'd love them. Amen. What would, and there's just this mindset we've got to have as the church of the living God. We've got to be willing to say, Lord, help me to have your mind. Because if my mind is fallen, my mind is carnal, if my mind is the enemy of God, then I need the mind of God to help me. That's why we've got to pray. That's why we've got to fast. That's why we get in His Word and we read it. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you. Every time I come and teach, I want to encourage somebody, read your Bible. Because it's in this Bible God can transform your mind. It's in this Bible God can give you a new mindset about yourself, about your family, about your spouse, about where you're headed. It's in this book you can find the mind of God. It's in a prayer room you can find the mind of God. And God can begin to transform every area of your life. One more verse, Philippians 4 and 8. I'm done here. Very heavily quoted verse, probably up on your kitchen wall somewhere. Make sure you read it when it's on your kitchen wall. Amen. Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We've got to keep our minds stayed on the right things. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Somebody pray all across the building. Lift up your voice and let's magnify him. God, help our mindset to mature. That includes me from the pulpit to the pew, God, all of us. Help my mindset to mature, God. Help me to, help me to put things in my mind, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of a good report. There's got to be something praiseworthy there. There's got to there's be some virtue. There's got to there's be a reason I'm praising. There's got to be a reason I'm worth. There's got to be something in my mind that's not like this world. It's not messed up. It's not, no, God, I want to have a spiritual mind. I want to have the mind of God. I want to have the mind of Christ. God, I want to I have a ready mind. I want to have a right mind. I want to have a sound mind. God, touch the mind of your people. God, before we leave this year, help us to go into the next year with the right mindset, with the Christian mindset, with the mind of Christ. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Come on, let God touch your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I know there's things that have been bombarding your mind. I know the devil's been trying to mess with your mind. But let God touch your mind. Let God touch your mind. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. At this time, if you need to get a drink of water, feel free to get a drink of water. But we're going to turn this, this house into a house of prayer and uh, find a place to pray. And let's get ready for worship service in Jesus' name. God bless you.